drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, all the Detroit Lions fans out there. We are back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast on a Wednesday. I'm Derek Oakry. I've got my uh, co-host, the other uh, guy on the show that makes everybody laugh, frustrates me to death, but uh, loves the Lions as well on the other end of the line. Grifka, how are you today, buddy? Oh, it, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, it's, we just had the holiday weekend. You know, um, once again, thank you to everybody that served. I want to say thank you if you're listening. And um, it's uh, just nice to... Uh, you know, be back to normal again and uh, back to work. So, uh, but the uh, extended uh, weekend was very nice. Yeah, always nice to get a break. Um, you know, the the world is still not back to normal, but it feels like we're we're getting there step by step, moment by moment. But uh, as we've been from two plus years here on the podcast, and every every day, twice a week, sometimes three times a week, multiple shows, we are talking Detroit Lions. So Grifka. We've got some fun topics I think people will enjoy today. Kind of want to dive into two position groups that I really think are not only important, but really interesting for the Detroit Lions. Uh, They've added players at both these spots. A lot of people have opinions, not only on the players the Lions have added, but position value and other uh, things like that. So um, I want to dive into running backs and linebackers today, and I kind of want to get your take on some of these players' positions, how everything's going to shake out, because I think these are kind of two really sneaky, uh, interesting position groups for the team and going to be really important for 2020. So you ready to do this? Uh, Yeah, let's get this started. Grifka, let's let's go to the running back position. I know this to me is like the most polarizing position in the NFL. Like people just think you can get them uh, any any way, you know, pluck them off trees. You know, people just think oh, I'll just wait till the sixth round to get myself a Pro Bowl running back. Oh, I'll just let all my superstar running backs walk because I don't want to pay them any money. You know, they don't really help the team. You can find them anywhere. I mean. I'm split on this, but I'm much more the way of, hey, you know, running backs are important. You know, they went away for a little bit. Now they're coming back, having a little bit of resurgence. The Detroit Lions have said for the last couple years at least that this is an important position to them. Give us your overall thoughts on running backs in general before we kind of get into each player here on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Running backs in general, I think, actually are a big part of the game plan i'm not one of those guys that's uh you know three yards in a cloud of dust you know for the first two downs and then you'll pass on third down you know we're talking that old 70s football you know early 80s football but i think once again you need a a good running game to for for the passing game you just can't drop back and throw all the time i know that's what people like to see you know guys running all over the field just throwing the ball all around once again that's a lot easier to do in college than it is in the pros i mean obviously as we've talked in the pros it's the best of the best best defensive backs fastest guys windows close a lot quicker so you just can't be passing the ball all the time just letting defensive ends and linebackers pin their ears back and go so having a running back out there more so than just like it's going to be okay we'll give you the token you know run here and there or draw a play when it's, you know, third and long, just to kind of keep the defense honest. I think it's a, a necessity of the game. And I, I kind of like how the Lions are going back to that and not trying to put all of the pressure on Matt Stafford to win, like, every game passing the ball, throwing for 450 yards, you know, needing, you know, three touchdowns from him, you know, to win the game with that token, you know, uh, this running back had, you know, 10 carries for, you know, you know, 38 yards. It's, it's, uh, I think this team needs that running game, especially in this division, for it to be successful. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you. I think it's important. I, I guess I'll give the quick counterpoint. You know, a lot of the haters on the position think, well, you don't draft them and you don't pay them because they get beat up so much and they have short shelf lives. And when it comes down to the dollars and cents of the league, Grifka, it it sometimes is, you know, where are you going to put your money for a long lasting asset rather than something that might be here for two, three, four, five, you know, on, on a good time, six, seven years, you know, is kind of the ultimate shelf life of a running back and unless your name is Frank freaking Gore. Um, I, I, I like how the Lions have done it as well. They both drafted and brought in some pieces. And I think they kind of have a nice mix finally that can do some things. I, I don't know that I put them in the top echelon, but I do think they're going to have a crew now that can not only withstand injury, but can do some things. So let's let's go ahead and get into the football players. So I put on Johnson at the top of the list. Uh, you know, I've been a big supporter of him. He's obviously... Um, made me take a little bit of a hit here when he continues to not be on the football field, missing games, as well as when he is out there, he shows his flashes, but he hasn't been nearly as consistent as I would have liked him to be in regards to being out there for the lions and just uh, his production when he is, you know, he's not a dynamic, hasn't been a dynamic player other than a few games here or there. I put him at the top of the list because I do think he is like the veteran of the group and a guy that, which is crazy to say, I think he's 23 years old, but he's kind of that lead dog that they'll go to because he's been in the system and he's been there. We, we know we have the rookie, which we'll talk about here in a moment. So I guess what are your expectations for carry on? And then, are you like most where you've people have soured on him due to these injuries? Or do you think it's just a bump in the road, kind of like Stafford had at the quarterback position early in his career and he could come back and have a nice, you know, two, three, four year stretch here for the team. I haven't soured on him simply because like you mentioned all the flash, I mean, he has those flashes and it's just, it makes you go, wow. And, uh, and he has them here and there, but like you said, he, he just can't stay on the field. And I'm not ready to give up on him yet, simply because of that. This could be that those first couple of years. I don't want to say they're not jitters, obviously. I mean, they're just you know setbacks. And just because he's not out on Twitter showing all these workout videos, and I don't mind DeAndre Swift doing that. I mean, I'm glad he's hungry. He's out there working hard. But just because you know, Carryon Johnson's not out there, you know, putting you know videos out there showing you know flipping tires or doing wind sprints on the beach or something like that doesn't mean he isn't, you know, out there working, working just as hard. Um, I I think he can still be a real productive back in this league. I think he is going to start as an, as an one, a running back simply because the way this off season has went with this year's went, you know, teams, they can do what like the video conferencing right now. And as of right now, Allen park still is not open for the team to get together, you know, to have any, you know, small workouts or anything like that so i think just by default you know at the beginning of the year because he is technically the veteran of of the squad he is going to be the the number one running back and i don't know if that puts any added pressure on him i mean obviously taking a a running back you know top of the second round has to kind of you know be that shot across the bow so to speak like you know do the work stay on the field you know if, if you want to you know shoot for that you know I guess for lack of a better term, superstar running back status. I mean, I think it's just going to make him work harder, even if he isn't, you know, putting the Twitter videos out there. Grifko, before I get to a quick counterpoint, have you seen carry on and his boo on Twitter, the little blondie that he's always out and about with? Yeah, I think that's what all like Lion fans that bash him throw out there <laughs> because they, they put it all out there alongside, you know, the, yeah, the, the Swift, uh, you know, video of him, you know, doing his little cone drill and everything, which is great. I love the quickness of his feet. I really do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, let's not compare, you know, apples and oranges there. I mean, it is the off season. You know, you can't be training 24-7. I mean, you take a couple <laughs> days here and there, let your body heal up. You're going to go back out and work hard. hard. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't ask smoking, you. <laughs> you know, but it's not like, you know, carry-ons out there with like a pot belly or anything like that. You know, it's not Eddie Lacy out there. Come on. Okay. I, I didn't ask you about any of that. I asked you, have you seen his blondie booski on Twitter and what are your thoughts? <laughs> That's what yeah, I wanted to know. Uh, oh yeah, she's smoking. Yeah. Okay. Kudos there, carry on. I was nice gonna say, I was gonna say if you would have used your catchphrase, I was gonna kick you off the show. Cause because <laughs> she she is that great and like say, good work, carry on. Uh I'm not worried about the workout portion either, but 
I, I don't agree with you about this shot across the bow. I think Bob Quinn, in a really sneaky way, he's probably been, you know, disappointed in carry on a bit based on his uh, production and his health. But I think in a sneaky way, he he's really uh, taken us in two to three years here from a very lackluster, old kind of nothing running game to a running game of two young guys that are 20. I think I saw today, like Swift's 21 and under um, carry on came in the league at 20, I think. So he's in that 22, 23 type range. They can both catch it, block, do a bunch of things. So I just think it's so great to have a, a tandem of young guys. Sometimes you have like a young and an old guy, or you have a really high priced guy and then a drafted player. Um, but we have two guys that are cheap, which you know I like. They're young, which you know I like. They are uh, multifaceted, which you know I like. And I just think it's a great combo. So um, I, I'm really interested to see it. And like you say, I, I'm hoping that they'll work really well together. I mean, Swift was basically just working out with Stafford because they were all in the Atlanta area. And that's a bonus. You know, I feel like not only are they from the same school, but be able to get those early workouts in. Swift looked like he was out there working hard, as you said, and just kind of ready to roll, which is can't be anything but a good thing. He also has a good head on his shoulder. So I'm just excited about it all. Let me, let me bring it back to carry on before we move on to Swift. Uh, just what are your expectations? He kind of sounded like, yeah, he's going to get the default first touches beyond that graphic when the team rolls out in the, the game as the quote unquote starter. But you're a guy that loves to put numbers on things. You love to kind of guess at what these players are going to do. Normally you guess way too low. That way you can be negative and you can say, see, I told you so. If, if, if something goes totally wrong, um, I'm putting out a piece. I think it's coming out here pretty soon on uh, fantasy football projections for DeAndre Swift. And I mentioned carry on in there as well. Curious what your what you're running, receiving, maybe touchdown numbers might be for KJ this year. Let's see. Um, I'll probably go oh rushing because here we, I mean, here they're we gonna go. Be, and they still have they still have the the potent wide receiving core. I'm gonna give uh, probably something around you know about 700 yards rushing, um, 300 yards receiving between the two, probably nine touchdowns rushing hmm. and receiving combined. <sighs> I. I don't know. Like I, I don't mind those. I mean, especially when you assume Swift is going to have similar or even better numbers. I mean, it's, it's really hard to gauge of how they will split all the touches and how the quote unquote stats. But I mean, all we really want is W's, but Griff, could you know that 700 yards, if, if the guy was to play a 16 game schedule is like, it's like an average of 35 to 40 yards a game. Do you know this? I mean, that that's pretty pathetic. So that's why I always say this thousand yards is like people make it the threshold. But when you really break it down, it's like 66 yards a game in total. I mean, you're going to have games that are less than that, but you're damn sure going to have games that are in the hundreds, 120s. I mean, it's not it's not the hardest number to get to as long as you stay healthy and get the football. So 700 yards is pretty, pretty lackluster when you really think about it, unless Swift goes for, you know, seven, eight, 900 and, and some receiving as well. I mean, it is, but uh, like you said, I, I mean, like I said, I, I think there's just a lot of offensive weapons on this team, especially with a couple, sorry, you know, couple, two, three wide receivers all in contract years and, it's you know they're going to want their touches to show that they're worth another contract. I mean Amendola maybe, you know I mean sure it might be one of those things where he's looking to sign maybe a one year deal somewhere else just you know to kind of keep hanging on or maybe come back to Lions. Marvin Jones I mean he still has some tread left on the tire, and Kenny Galladay it's obviously going to be his first big payday. So they're all going to want the ball still and you know just continually handing off to a couple of young running backs. I, I just can't see that happening. I mean, it is, I mean, for as much as we say it is a game, I mean, it's a business to those guys. And like, I mean, yeah, they want wins, but they're, they're going to want stats as well. So they can, you know, their agents can go to other teams or back to the lines to say, Hey, look what this guy can do. Oh, Grifko, we're talking running backs today. You get on a big wide receiver tangent. First of all, Danny Amendola ain't coming back in 2021. That's obvious. Uh, Marvin Jones is in a peak physical condition and has a, been a great player for the Lions, but I don't see him coming back either. 
And you always say these guys are going to demand their touches. They don't They don't demand anything. These are the most humble receivers in the league. And it, however the offense goes, it goes. They're not going to be out there crying and whining. Like, if they get the ball, they get the ball. If they get open, Matt Stafford will get it to them. Uh, these running backs are not only going to prolong Matt Stafford's career, but they're going to do great things for the receivers as well. So well, we can talk receivers another day. We got plenty of other running backs to get to. Grifka, DeAndre Swift, number 35 uh, overall, third pick in the second round, was by far kind of the best football player at that point in the draft. I know you love to fill needs and draft interior offensive linemen, but I thought between this or an impact rush player was the best option. I'm on record live as it happened, talking about that. Then they take this player. I was fired up. I love his game. Yeah, there were some times in college when I watched him where I thought, man, DeAndre Swift either wasn't getting the football or when he was, there's games where he can go under the radar and not play as well. And then there's other times he blows you away with the plays he makes when he gets the ball in his hands, either running or receiving. So I love this player on so many different levels. I love that we have two running backs now that are well worth, you know, their, their, their merit in the NFL. What do you think about DeAndre Swift as an overall football player, how he's going to fit in and what he can bring to the table? I think he fits in very well with this offense. I know was uh, before the uh, draft I was talking, I was very high on Jonathan Taylor. I would have been happy with that running back as well. Um, but uh, obviously Swift split a lot more time at Georgia than what Taylor did at the University of Wisconsin. So I believe Swift has more tread on, on the tires. So if it's one of those things you have you know, two really good running backs and if you're able to keep them both on the team, like you said, they're both pretty young. I believe Carrion turns 23 here in uh, later this summer sometime. I can't remember exactly when. And, uh, you know, Swift just turned 21 earlier this year. Um, if you're able to keep those guys, you know, productive guys on the roster, you know, they're both young and they both fit in this offense very well. You know, Swift catches the ball. I think Swift catches the ball a little better than what Carrion Johnson does, but it's not Carrion Johnson sucks at it. Um, also, um, it's a, uh, it's. I think they can run the offense like when one of them, either one's out of the field, the defense can't key to a certain set of plays. I think they both bring that skill set to know it's like the full playbook is there. It's not like, okay, this guy's on the field now, you know, you can scrap all these plays. You know, he's on the field now, let's just focus on these certain set of plays. Now, there might be certain things that each one's better than, but I think they're both kind of interchangeable. You know, that's a nice thing to have. I love Swift. Um, I, I think he's got the quicks to make guys miss and i know he's not like that burner you know huntley got you know huntley that the lines took later but i think he has like kind of like football speed um because emmett smith wasn't the fastest guy either coming out of florida but it seems like when he got in the pros and if he got past the linebackers and was able to you know he wouldn't juke around defensive backs but if he he could outrun angles and i believe swift can do the same thing and uh I just think Swift is is dangerous in the open field that way. He's not Barry Sanders going to juke you out of anything. He's not Earl Campbell and going to run you over, but he can outrun a pursuit angle, and that's what uh, I really like about him. And I think that's what a, a really good thing that he brings to this team. I think he can. I th- he's not Javid best fast, and that, uh, but he's a lot more durable than him. And I still think he can house call it. You know, you know, sixty, seventy yards out. everybody please get out your scratch pads your notepads and write down mike grifka being positive about the detroit lions in may him loving this pick him talking up these running backs like they're both going for nearly a thousand yards and and three to four hundred receiving just mark that down in case things don't go swimmingly and then see what he says grifka i'm obviously on board with you with this player i'm trying to figure out how everything shakes down in regards to touches, I like your point about them being able to kind of run the same stuff regardless of who's out there. Um, I think that is really important. I, I do think I like Swift on the Detroit Lions better than Jonathan Taylor. I know we had some talks, and I kind of early on in the draft process was putting Jonathan Taylor early in that first round saying, let's just get this running back issue over with. But the more we got in the process, like he just kind of was the more complete football player. He fits the team. He can better in receiving, you know, Jonathan Taylor probably be great on the Colts, but I like Swift on the Lions. 
Bo Scarborough, Griffco. We got to move through the rest of these backs before we take our break. I mean, this was a guy I clamored for on Twitter. Bob Quinn listened to me. He went out and signed him the day after, moments after my tweet. Bo came in here and was a beast. I mean, Bo knows football. We all know that. And uh, he played good. He's a big body, great attitude, seemed to be really good. I mean, I have him penciled in kind of here as the third running back. It seems like the Lions are, are pretty set on keeping him around. Uh, you think he can kind of replicate what he did and be impactful for the team? Or was it just a little due to opportunity we saw a little bit last year, but you're not expecting a ton in 2020 from this guy? Yeah, I think uh, he is going to be obviously the short down, the short yardage back. Uh, what we had spoken about, you know, the last two running backs that kind of interchange playbook. You can't really focus on certain things. I think when Bo Scarborough's in there, you can cut a lot of the plays out of the playbook. I really can't see Bo Scarborough running a wheel route, catching the ball, you know, 20, 25 yards down the field. If he does, I would be shocked. And you might find me on my living room floor having a heart attack because that just doesn't seem to be his game. Um, I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, if he was so good, how come we couldn't hold on? You know, the Lions are his third team. He, I mean, he was on Dallas before and they had Zeke Elliott and they were going to feed him the ball. And I can't, and, and they had a pretty decent backup as well. And it could be one of those things like, let's face it, you know, Zeke Elliott is kind of post I mean, I don't, he's, they're kind of the same back. I mean, Zeke Elliott's a little faster, but he's, he's not that juke guy. Zeke Elliott's going to be one of those guys that kind of runs over you as well. So Bo Scarborough had kind of like the same skill set as he did. And then he was uh, in Seattle as well. And Seattle's like one of those things. They don't seem to have like those little scat backs, you know, like that, like that. They always seem to have kind of like those bruisers. And it's just like one of those guys, like he was just young. And there's other, other guys that were, you know, knew the offense, could pick it up a little better. It wasn't trying to like swim around, you know, most guys was trying to pick up a totally new offense after, you know, being released by the Cowboys. And I think, you know, Detroit was one of those spots where they were when they picked them up. I mean, he's not really looking over his shoulders like here, we're going to give you the ball. This is what we want you to do. And you really showed something that would allow him to stick with this team. I don't think he's obviously, he's not going to be the number one starter, but he's going to be that, you know, it's like third and short, you know, late in the game, second and short, late in the game, you know, you know, goal line guy. He, he's going to be that guy to bowl over some guys. I mean, gosh, what he's, he's, he's like six foot six, one and like, like around 230 pounds. I mean, the guy, the guy's huge. I mean, so I, I, what he's going to bring to the table is just kind of bearing loon over those guys for those short yardage games. He's not going to be, if he's the starter, you know, at some point in the season, that means both Swift and Johnson are hurt. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I just think Bo, you, you know, Bo will know, Bo will know his role. He'll, he'll be a good uh, teammate. He'll be a good football player on the team. Uh, you know, there have been, there always are injuries to the running back position. I feel like there will be this year, but I also think that, you know, he, he he's not just a battering ram short yardage guy. This guy can do some other things. He did it in college. He's proved it a little bit in the NFL when he's got his opportunities. I think he makes a nice complimentary young player there that can, that can mix in. I wouldn't expect too much in regards to statistics, but I do think that uh, it's a nice little piece to just kind of have on the back burner there. Now, speaking of the back burner, we'll move to your boy, Ty Johnson. I mean, the guy who you said in 2020 was going to be the number two running back. Obviously, now he's about 4-5 or five on the list based on what the Lions have done. And based on the fact that you talk this guy up, I actually got behind him a little bit of like, hey, what we saw at training camp, he had a couple speed runs. He, he looked like he had the, the body type to be a sneaky speed, you know, back with a little bit of size as well, kick return ability. And this guy did absolutely nothing in the regular season. I can't remember one run except for the last game of the year or so where he popped off one or two decent runs. That's about it for Ty Johnson. I mean, where are you at with him now? I mean, everybody, we have it on record that you talked this guy up. Then now he hasn't underperformed. Are you are you bailing on him? Are you sticking with him? You had some very high expectations for him. And now he may be a guy off the roster if, if things shake out a certain way. What do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at how little he, he did. I mean, I, I'm not one of those guys that's going to go out there and say, like, oh, they didn't use him right. I mean, he obviously wasn't picking stuff up in practice where they, you know, felt comfortable with him on the field. 
and, you know, maybe a skill set only allowed him to do kind of like that third down back stuff that he kind of ended up doing. Because at one point in the season, I mean, we were joking what the Lions were starting, what, Wes Hills? I mean, how does Wes Hills get, get to run with the number ones? And he's been, he was picked up, you know, at the bus stop on, on a Tuesday. And he's out there starting on, you know, a Sunday when Ty Johnson's been, you know, with the team all year. And nothing came out about him being like, you know, injured or he's like, oh, he was trying to nurse a foot injury or ankle injury. None of that came out. So, I mean, it really kind of makes me start to question. It's just like, it sounds dumb, but maybe like his football intelligence, you know, you know, is he effective at, you know, maybe picking up a blitz if you're that third down guy, you know, can you effectively have, you know, have the vision to read the proper hole and, you know, make the correct cut. I mean, like, like I stated before, college is obviously different. You know, everybody's fast, you know, guys, guys tackle better you know, than, than they do in college. And, and I don't I'm not ready to jump off his bandwagon yet. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm impressed by him, you know, you know, dragging a, a Jeep, a Jeep, you know, and doing that. That's nice. But, you know, uh, it's it's one of those things. I, I still think he can bring something to this table, uh, you know, something to the table with the Lions, be able to still make some plays. But, yeah, with what the Lions have drafted, they're looking to keep Scarborough, and that guy's a certain skill set. If they like Huntley, you know, this guy's, you know, carries and stuff on the team. He might be looking at special teams, you know, kick returner, punt returner type thing if he's looking to stay on this team. Interesting. I... I still think, you know, Ty Johnson makes for an intriguing, you know, four or five running back in the NFL. I, I think here in Detroit, we, we lift these people up, you know, and act like they're much better than they are when really, like I said, this guy had done anything in the league. He was an intriguing prospect that hasn't worked out here in two full seasons. So, um, or what's he played? One or two years? We get him last year? Was he a rookie last yeah. year? Yeah. Um- yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he, uh, they took him in the to buy class, I think. Sorry, yeah. I looked it up really quick. Yeah, 2019 is when he joined Lions. Yeah, I mean, like I say, he's just a nice piece to keep there, but you can't act like he's really done anything. Like I say, you look around some NFL teams and they've got they got studs everywhere. So Ty Johnson to me is a lot to prove, but he's not going to have many opportunities to do so. Better find his ability on the return game or, you know, being that home run hitter. If he does get the football where they can scheme him up and make it happen. Uh, A couple more here. We'll get through these pretty quick. Grifka, I'm a little torn on this Huntley kid. Like I've been bragging on him since the time they took him in the fifth round. And the more I watch him read about him, He's he's got some something like uh you know the way he moves the speed he has the ability to catch it a little bit too like he he has decent numbers when you look at his receiving numbers seems pretty natural in catching it I I think this guy can really like take the return you know uh opportunities from day 1 and I think you know he's the guy that could surprise people where like you'd barely see him touch the ball but he's like the 2020 um you know, Marvin Hall or McKissick, you know, when it comes to running backs, where like when they do get it, they do something with it and you notice them on Sundays. So Huntley is kind of growing on me a little bit, even though like I have him off my 53 um, initially. Like if, if this guy shows some things or if I even keep reading up more that he's, they got a plan for him and he's special, like could be a really sneaky pick in the fifth round uh, that I'm kind of growing towards as we move towards football here. Yeah, I think if Jason Huntley's on the team, he is going to be the new kick returner or pump returner, something like that. Yeah, his his videos of him, you know, quicking guys out, getting around the edge, getting the edge, and you know, going off for long runs. I mean, those those are nice to see. And I think a part of it is like the coaches were able to see him because he had his pro day before everything was shut down. But still, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, let's face it, you know, he went to New Mexico State. And that team wasn't very good. And I realize bad teams can have good players on them. I, I understand that. But even the talent that the teams that New Mexico State faced, I mean, those guys work hard. They do. I, I'm not saying that at all. But let's face it. It's not like take, It's not like if you would have dropped him at the University of Arkansas, who was a bad SEC team, and he's. You know, I, I highly doubt he's going to look just as good against LSU, Texas A&M, Alabama. So if he is on this team, I think he's he's going to be that special teams guy, the kick returner, punt returner. Now, if he's in the offensive backfield at some point, 
this guy's skill set leads to certain things. I know it's like, oh, look how fast he is. If he gets around the outside, but defenses and the pros are going to know that he's, you know, they're they're going to realize that those are his certain plays. Kind of like when you know, it came to the point where Theo Riddick was on the field. You could almost cut, you know, a certain percentage of the playbook out and just kind of focus on certain things Theo Riddick did. That would that's what Huntley would be on this team. And um, with the guys that we've already named off, it, it might be a really you know tough climb for him to make the squad. He might be one of those practice squad guys. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with them. What do you think about Nick Baud and that fullback? Are are you ready to to move on and not have a fullback, or do you think that you still now that we got some horses and maybe a changed up offensive line, you want to give him another year at that position? Here, I'm going to use the terminology that you love. Oh boy. Camp fodder. Thanks. Thanks very much. You know, Nick Bowden. It was nice having you around. Um, it was nice seeing you at the uh, local, you know, Detroit police, you know, or in Detroit Lions take on local police department basketball game. But uh, sorry, Nick, you're not going to make the squad. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, one of the few times again, we agree on the show. I have uh Bowden getting booted off the roster because they have some of these tough running back decisions going without the fullback and kind of having uh, Isaac Nada or finding some other ways to do that. And if, when they need to, but I think they can kind of get by without, uh, without now if, if we have to Here, i have a quick question for you derek i mean i'm not quite for sure is is bo scarborough a lock for the roster it's hard to call him like a lock because i i'm not putting him in some like incredible categories an nfl running back he's not like a a fantasy football running back he's not a guy that i'm gonna like count on on sundays to have yardage touchdowns anything but on this football team, I think he settles in really nice. There's the three, four, you know, depending on Ty Huntley and Bo, how they want to shake those guys out. I mean, he could be at the bottom of that roster and sort of like just giving you little role here and there, or he could be the the third guy, the guy behind Swift and carry on that is the next guy in line to run the football. So yeah, I definitely think he makes it. Okay. I was just wondering, you know, when we, we've named off a few different guys, I just, didn't know if it felt like it's like everybody's like, oh, Bo Scarborough, what he showed us, he's, he's on the roster. And, you know, but like you said, there's plenty of people out there saying, you know, he's kind of a journeyman. You know, this is his third team. So I, I wasn't quite for sure. I mean, I like him for the roster. You like him for the roster. But you know, like you said, I, I don't know, if, you know, if he has an average camp, if the team is like willing to willing to keep him, I guess. Grifka, I couldn't get to the bell on your I'm not quite for sure or the like you said because I'm ready to do something else to finish out this segment. We don't have enough time for all your quick follow-ups. I'm sure we'll have 10 of those on Friday. Grifka, on the fly, I can't remember what I was going to ask you, but I do have something I just made up. How about a couple Carusos to end this segment? How about we try a little on the fly Carusos for the people? (laughs) I sure hope you got them because I don't have any off the top of my head. (laughs) We'll see what I can do. Let me see if I can pull these two off. Uh, let me let me found the bite. Here we go. Well, Griff, if Carrion isn't careful, his move to the bench might be swift. Okay. Well, Griff. I guess you could say that for 20 plus years, I no longer expect our running game woes to carry on. (laughs) I've been in the streets. (laughs) I like the second one a little better. Man, they're not as easy to do on the fly. I'm just going to have to work on Caruso's, either write them down or make sure I got a couple every month that I can I can deliver like a home run. But uh, we have not done that in a while. Classic Jim Rome bit that's kind of funny. Grifka, we just barely got through running backs. We got to take a freaking break, get our sponsors in here, and come back and talk linebackers. I mean, can we do this or what? Yeah, linebacker, very deep, challenging position for this team. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. 
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. D. Troy Kool-Aid. We're back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. We can't mess around. We did about 30 minutes on running backs. We know you guys like a. A nice tight show here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, but we got too dang much to talk about, especially when you're talking about these two position groups. So, Grifka, we're going to get right into it. I got Jamie Collins on the top of my linebacker list. They brought him in. They paid him $10 million bucks. I still think that's uh, a lot and, and going to be uh, dicey, but if he balls out, I'll be happy. What are your thoughts on Jamie Collins, the former Patriot coming in here, athletic freak even at his age? What the heck's this guy going to do for the team? I think he's going to be the leader of this defense. That's what they brought him in here for, especially that linebacking core. There's a lot of young linebackers on that team. Um, he's going to be the guy to get them all together, you know, take them under his wing. And he's going to be the guy that's um, going to kind of be like the do all, you know, be all linebacker for this team. I believe it's the guy that Matt Patricia really needs on this defense. And I think he's going to put an awful lot of, for lack of a better term, pressure on Jamie Collins to be the leader. And I think Jamie Collins can handle it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, this is the Kool-Aid cast. I'm the optimistic guy, but I think that hanging your hats on Jamie Collins at this point in his career, calling the leader of the defense, acting like it's a slam dunk is a little dicey for me, a little worrisome, but he, he's more athletic than Kennard. I think he can make some plays. He's going to have to be that for getting 10 mil. Um, and the Lions need a guy that can cover, can rush. You know, most people don't think of Jamie Collins as this coverage linebacker, but that's what he is. That's what he does. And that's what we've absolutely struggled at. So, you know, I think he's the most important piece, but I need to see him play in a Lions uniform and, and see where his head is at before I can just, you know, captain of the defense stud, you know, well worth the contract type of thing. Like a lot of people are kind of putting their heads around. I mean, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Just about as interesting as this next guy, Jelani Tavai. We took him in the second round. Me and Logan Lamarandier had a nice talk about Tavai on Twitter where he was uh, asking questions. And I said, what, what's this guy's ceiling? Like, what can he do? Uh, how good can he be? Because I, I really don't remember much last year. I remember a fumble at the game we were at that he caused that was big. A few other plays here or there, a pick late in the year, but nothing – Nothing extraordinary. And most people are giving him the green dot on the helmet thinking, oh, this is our guy. This guy's a dead set middle linebacker, starter, captain. Um, I, I like the guy. I like his attitude. I like some of the things he brings. But I'm not I'm not fully sold on him yet, even though he needs to come through. He was taken in the top 10 of the second round. Uh, needs to play like a ball player. So what do you think about Tavai here in 2020 and beyond? I just think he's a solid player. He's one of those guys you like to talk about on a team, you know, one of those solid bring your lunch pail to work guys. I still think he's, he's too slow, you know, so maybe they're going to change his role up a little bit and he's going to be the main guy in the middle. I don't think he, I I really don't even think he's like fast enough to get home to the quarterback on blitzes. I I don't think that's his specialty. It's going to have to be where the defensive line, you know, you know, takes up the blockers and allows him just kind of run free to make the tackles inside the boxes right there. I still, I don't think he's fast enough really to even get out to the edge. If a, if a quick running back gets over the edge, he just seems a little slow to me. I mean, I like his work ethic, but you know, once again, work ethic is only going to take you so far in this game. So he's going to be around. He's going to be one of those solid players. I mean, I could see him being one of those guys in two years, like I kind of do with Taylor Decker. I kind of complain about him and say, you can do better. Grifko, we got to keep this thing moving. But before we do, the people would love to hear your player comp for Jelani Tavai. I mean, this is a classic bit on the show. Oh, he is a poor man's Chris Spielman, and I love I love Chris Spielman. <laughs> but Chris Spielman wasn't a three-down backy, <laughs> and I think Chris Spielman will tell you that. Grifko, this is from all the people out there listening to you uh, doing that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, the guy's barely played a half a season and you got him compared to one of the great Lions linebackers of all time. It's got to be the Lions linebacker because that's what you do, as you've done earlier in this show, comparing players to former Lions. It's a classic Grifka bit. Grifka, I almost put this guy at the top of the list because it's just, I mean, it would just be fitting, to say the least. Elijah Lee. We got to talk about Jared Davis, Grifka. This is a guy we took at 21 overall in the draft. You loved him. Uh, he hasn't played well in areas. You beat him up weekly on the show. You are nice to him when we're at training camp. I mean, this is a guy that is a hard worker, a good guy. He struggles in coverage. That's obvious to anybody that's not Ray Charles, but he can do other things. He gets sacks on the quarterback. He does other things. He was injured a bit last year. Jared Davis, I still have him sort of in this 3-4 mix in regards to um, linebackers, and I'm really curious how they will use him. Please, please bloviate, please uh, expound upon one of your favorite players in the National Football League, Jared Davis. Jared Davis is a point-and-shoot linebacker. He is the guy that's like, you run there, and that's where he goes. And as a middle linebacker, you can't be that. You got to read and react, but you got to be able to read quickly, react quickly. He, he's just, he takes bad angles on tackles. Yes, he gets home in, on the quarterback every once in a while. So maybe that's what they got to do. They got to, you know, when he's in there, he's got to be the guy to rush up the middle, you know, where he's breaking, you know, towards the quarterback, <laughs> whichever way, you know, the nose tackle, you know, is able to, you know, push the offensive line to allow him to get in there. But, uh, He's one of those guys. I mean, I know you like it. Yeah, yeah. You got good attitude. Your work ethic's great. But I mean, he's one of those guys. I mean, I'm not going to be sad to see him go if the Lions don't re-sign him cheap. You know, even if they re-sign him cheap, I'm going to be sad that he's on the team because he's just not that great. <laughs> Grifka, do you think at all that a player can ever get better, or just because you've said what's obvious the last year, year and a half, whatever it's been, last you know x amount of games, you you always come with this gimmick. He is what he is. It is what it is, or whatever you see on a game day is what you what you've determined is absolute fact forever. Like you don't think Jared Davis can come into what is his fourth season here, or whatever it is, or um, heading into his fifth year in the NFL and, and be a well, he'd be his fourth year. Like you don't think that he can make a make a leap and, and be a really much better player than what you've seen in the past. I mean, you've just you just made it up. You've made up your mind, which is completely opposite to what you said early on. Well, football's a game of repetition, as you know. And uh, he's been playing so long that his mindset is how fast he is, is tackling angles. His tackling angles are terrible. I mean, you're right. It's obvious, but that's what he gets paid to do. You get paid to make tackles. And his tackling, it, it's in his mind. You don't relearn how to do that all of a sudden. I mean, it's like in your mindset, it's just like, this is where I need to go. And you go there and the guy's by you already. That's just, that's, that's just bad angles. And that's in your mind. That's to, to relearn that after so many years, it's a very difficult thing to do. And I, I, I've never seen guys do that. Sorry. Maybe you guys have done it. It's just like, oh, this guy used to take bad angles. All of a sudden, the guy's Lawrence Taylor. He's all over the field. I mean, the guy's making plays. No, I mean, either you have it or you don't at this point. This is his fourth year. He's not, mm. you're not asking the guy to like, okay, you really didn't cover guys in college. Now we need you to cover the running backs and the tight ends. Yeah, you can get better at that, but still, that's partly angles too. You know, you have to be able to, you know, take proper angles when guys are coming out of the backfield. If you can't do it when the guy has the ball, are you really expecting him to do it when the guys don't have the ball and that guy knows where he's going, where the quarterback's going to throw the ball? No. So I, I just don't see him taking leaps and bounds where all of a sudden this guy becomes Mike Singletary. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we will agree to disagree because I, I just think the guy, he was flew around and made a bunch of tackles in college. He he was really coming in his own after year one. He's had a year, year and a half where he's played subpar football, but he he doesn't miss every angle, doesn't miss every tackle. He misses every tackle and miss every angle that you talk about every week. But uh, yeah, I, the the coaches can easily put him in a better position. Maybe maybe they thought he was the he was going to be the professor of the defense, and now it, in year four they're like, all right, 
he he's not a diagnosed guy. He's not a you don't want him overthinking. We just want him to freaking play football. And maybe they take a lot of those chains off because they have other vets now, and they have maybe Tavai as a better thinker and a better uh, you know diagnoser. And that now Jared Davis can be put in a role where he can run, hit, tackle, make plays, be physical. I mean, the guy's a specimen. Like. I, I just totally disagree that you can't see a new Jared Davis in 2020 moving forward and they can't put him in a different role. That would be excellent for the guy. And he's just like, Oh, he's just a, a bumbling linebacker his whole career. Because like, like I say, you and all the other haters out there, that's all you see on a Sunday is when he, when he misses a player, when he plays subpar. So we'll see what happens. It's, he's a very important piece, I think, to kind of the, the future of this group. And most people have already wanted to move on from him. They just think he's a terrible football player. I think, you know, he brings things to the table that you can't just find anywhere you know, walking on the street or just go grab another guy that has his type of attributes but yeah, he needs to needs to play better. So we, we will see what happens. He's either off the Lions roster in 2021 or everybody was saying, wow, look at look at how Jared Davis came along. I had wrote him off six months ago and now he's he's a consistent kind of he's never going to be overly consistent. But I could just see him being like a really nice linebacker piece with other guys that would play as a good unit. So we'll see what happens. I, I put this guy on the list. Griff could tell me first if he's on the list or if he needs to be somewhere else before we talk about him. Austin Bryant, is he that outside linebacker stand-up guy, or is he more of a defensive end in your eyes? Gosh, he's, uh, gosh I, uh, tweeners. I hate tweeners because they really don't have a defined position. I, I don't think he's fast enough to play linebacker, and he's not really big enough to play defensive end. He could do it at Clemson because that defensive line was just full of pack full of studs. So he, it's like a lot of attention wasn't drawn towards Austin Bryant. But uh, I think he's going to have to be that guy that's going to, you know, put his hand in the dirt and come off the edge. And I don't think he's he, he's not Reggie White, but, um, you know, he's he, he could he could probably, you know, do some stuff. I mean, you know, wreak a little havoc in the backfield and make some tackles. But I, I don't think he's quite good enough to be that outside linebacker where you're expecting him to, like, rush a quarterback. But we need to drop into coverage. But he's not your consummate, you know, strong defensive end type guy. And um, to do that, I mean, here's another one for you. You can get the laugh track. He might be kind of like a poor man's Kevin Green. And I wasn't even the biggest Kevin Green fan, but Kevin Green was just kind of like, that guy was, he could be a monster some games and other games he, he disappeared. But Kevin, he's a Hall of Famer. And, you know, but uh, still, he could be your poor man's Kevin Green. So you just compared Austin Bryant heading into year two, played two games last year to an NFL Hall of Fame linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Am I right? Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do what you do and like starting to go out on limbs. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, there Grifka has turned over a new leaf. He's being positive on the show. He's trying to take an actual take for once and an interesting opinion rather than uh, you know, hey Grifka, how the weather today? Oh, it's it's beautiful outside. Uh, you know, I just letting you know, like everybody knows, it's been sunny and nice the last couple of days. So there's my weather uh, comparison, which I love to do with you. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a new leaf or if you just lost your mind, but uh, Austin Bryant to me, Grifka, they played him at linebacker. He's a defensive end for me. The guy's six, six, almost 270 some pounds. I mean, that's not a coverage backer. That's not even outside blitz bendy type guy. He's a, you can stand him up or put his hand in the dirt, but just let him go and get the quarterback. And I think the lions are counting on that because they haven't put one resource into defensive ends all off season, which blows everyone's mind. Well, maybe this is the kid. So we will put him on the side for now. I put him with a question mark. I think we both see him at another position. Um, we've got the young kid, uh, the third round pick Julian, uh, Julian O'Quara, brother of Romeo O'Quara. This guy's a, an edge rusher, a lot of player comps. I mean, Hey Grifka, he's a poor man's Jamie Collins is what a lot of people say. Um, I, I think he can come in here and rush the quarterback. It'd be interesting to see what he brings. And uh, again, just adding depth, adding a different type of skill set at that position. And uh, I think it's really important. I think he could be better than Kennard was and, and also be a backup, which is improving two spots kind of with this type of player. What do you think about Aquara? Um At this stage, you know, rookie, you know, what his skill set brings, he's going to be the 
passing down. He's going to be the pass rushing passing downs, second and long, you know, third and long, you know, third and medium, something like that. He's not going to be, uh, you know, first and 10 type defensive end, you know, looking for him to set the edge. He's not that type of guy at this point in his career. Not saying that he couldn't get there, but I wouldn't be expecting that from him. You know, so he's going to be the third down pass rusher. Yep, I'm uh, right there with you. I, I think he's got some juice, though, and could be a player that we are excited talking about after Sundays. Of, wow, did you see when Aquara got after the quarterback? Or, man, see when he got that sack fumble or uh, uh, stripped some guy? Like, I think he's going to make plays like that. And, you know, in a year or two, I, I could see him being an impact piece for this team, if best-case scenario. So, Reggie Ragland, what do you think about him? He came in here from the Super Bowl Kansas City Chiefs uh, out of Alabama. I think that, you know, he's a came for super cheap. I mean, they gave him a vet minimum, I think, to come in here. Do you see him making an impact or being a depth player? Or is he even maybe more of a cut, bottom of the roster? You know, if anybody gets hurt, he's on speed dial type of guy. Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's Andre Fluellen, you know, the first guy called when somebody gets hurt. Um I think he's just here for uh it's, it's that linebacking guy it's that linebackers that Matt Patricia loves. That size, you know, they're not overly fast but they're big. You know, it's kind of plotting. Yeah, I just I don't see him being some dynamic sort of linebacker on this team. Might be one of those guys who's like if there's an injury or if somebody's not playing well, he's gonna start. And he, you know, he's, he's been around the block a little bit of, you know, for a few years. So he, he knows the game. He knows how to be a professional. But this guy wasn't like when they signed him. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, look out! You know, we got this guy. I mean, it's nice depth on the team. Yep, we'll see what he does. I, I think what I've heard about him is a real limited role. I mean, some people are. I like how he's the backup middle linebacker, but I've heard that he's much more of a bottom of the roster guy as well as a you know a guy like Ragland you know based on new rules could actually be a practice squad type of player a guy that they keep around and sort of in a in a pinch need him but I don't know that he's going to add too much you know come game days Griffka another one of your favorites Christian Jones the versatile big re-signed multi-year guy for the Lions at linebacker I mean I know you love him go ahead and tell the people how how much you love this player God, what a colossal waste of money that guy was. Oh, my gosh. Talk about the big, slow, plotting linebacker. I know, like, people have told me, PFF has him rated as one of the best run defenders at linebacker in the league. It's just like, yeah, when you run right at him. Because if you have, if you run, you know, around him, away from him, he ain't catching you. I mean, this <laughs> he's not fast. He's very, very stiff. Gosh, I mean, what? I mean, you want to talk about a bad contract, this guy. God, what a waste of a roster spot on Christian Jones. I mean, I don't want to even, you know, you know, say he's not that great because, I mean, that, you know, putting not that great makes it sound like there's some sort of great in there somewhere. It's just like, he's not good. I mean, gosh. <laughs> you know what I love? This has nothing to do really with Christian Jones, but I would love to see you apply at PFF and they'd be like, and they'd be like, hey, you know, we watch every play of every game uh, here at Pro Football Focus, and uh, you just tell them how terrible their, their grades are and say, you know why? You know why, PFF? Because I watch like one to two games a week in my lazy boy, and I know more than you do. So I, I would love to see that interview. That would, that would be great. I think you should turn in your resume. He's he's the weak side linebacker. Weak side linebackers should have some sort of speed to chase down guys from behind. That's not him. He is the old guy trying to chase down the bus that just left the stops, yelling, stop, stop, I'm coming. Okay, that's what he looks like when he's trying to chase down somebody from behind. If you run right at him, yeah, he'll stick you. But, you know, if he makes a cut, if he's around, no. he's Note to yeah, Grifka, never. not every team has a fast weak side linebacker. Obviously, the Lions aren't doing I like that fast weak side. Team. I like fast. No one cares what you like. I just do. <laughs> I, sorry, I just like fast weak side linebackers. Okay. There he is. There he is, pro football focus. Go get him. The VP, the president, the founder of Lazy Boy Scouting. Michael well, pro football focus also like downplays running backs. Like they're just like, you know, nothing's on the field. So you can't have it both ways. You can't, you know, tout out great, how smart they are when they think running backs are just spotter on the field. Okay. So sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, you should be sorry. Anyway, um, keep it moving. A couple more here. Uh, Jalen Reese Maven, he's been on the team. He's a, he's a special teams Maven, uh, but he doesn't do anything else. I mean, does he make the team? Are you done with this guy? He's your he's your fast, weak side linebacker, Griffka, that can never see the field on this team. Uh, you keeping him around? As a special teams guy, I mean, he's one of those guys I want for so bad to, like, do something because, yes, he is fast and can move around. But obviously, Matt Patricia doesn't like, you know, his skill set, you know, speed linebacker. He, he doesn't like that. He he much rather have a bunch of totem poles out there at linebacker. So, you know, if Reeves may even makes the team, it's probably going to be one of those special teams guys. He might need to be in a different defense, you know, on a different club that actually would use his skill set, his skill set of, you know, speed <laughs> Grifka, miles killebrew one of your favorites when they drafted him you've obviously turned on this guy pretty quick i mean that's not surprising to most people listening he's a special teams demon as well he hasn't done anything else for us here in four years but he has been on the team so when you and others beat up bob quinn i say hey look at all these people he's taken that are still on the team still finding a role still not washing out of the nfl like in other regimes where in one or two seasons these guys would be at the bowling alley uh, what do you think from Miles Killebrew? He's a he's still sort of a linebacker, even though he came in as safety. Okay, I'm going to tell everybody my favorite my favorite memory of Miles Killebrew okay. was at training camp when he like what signed your friend's friends her your friend's brother or something his football, and he looked at the football was like kind of like this disdain like why did you damage my football by putting your signature on it and we kind of felt bad for him it's like well that's okay man he'll be good in a couple years well that didn't that hasn't happened so you know miles killer is going to be a special teams guy if he makes a team he's not going to have any sort of you know strategy of this guy you know put miles killer in you know to play this defense he's just your typical special teams guy if he makes the roster Yeah, I uh, I agree. I like what he brings. I mean, Griffka, I don't know if you've heard this, but special teams is a third of the game. It's a 33.3% of the football game. I mean, that's that's a big chunk. I mean, it, it makes a big impact. It, it makes, you know, d- depends if you win or lose, depends on if you can run down on kicks, kneel the ball in the end zone, you know what I mean? Kick, uh, kick simple field goals and be able to actually punt the football unlike Sam Martin could do when it counted. So it's very important. I, th- I think Killebrew and JRM probably make it based on special teams but you know I just don't see any impact there in, in regards to linebackers so there there are other backers on the team Kabinda you got Elijah Lee you got Pittman I mean I I know you want to bloviate and just uh, expound and just in, enlighten the people on all those guys Grifka for for 10 minutes but I mean what would you say about maybe those three players two words buddy two words yeah. What's that? Camp fodder. There you go. That's what they are. Hey, you're tackling dummies. Hey, thanks for showing up in there. However many preseason games we're going to be able to put this year. Uh, thanks for standing out there and taking the reps while the real players just kind of watch on the sidelines, get a few, few reps in so they don't get hurt in practice, you know, uh, but uh, leave your Jersey, you know, in the basket as you leave. Grifka, I, I really don't know if I can do this, but I figure it's only right. Maybe I go for two more really random t- uh, Caruso's to end the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been sitting here. I don't even think these are that good, but I figure we might as well just uh, put a bow on it on both sides. So you ready for these? Oh, yeah. I'm, I love your Caruso's. Well, Griff, I guess you could say Miles and yourself had something in common over the holiday break and that's you both kill a brew (laughs) (laughs) did do that over the break (laughs) all right now this this one you're really gonna have to go with grifka i i we'll see what the people think this is this is to end the segment and basically somewhat end the show other than what we normally do you ready Well, Griff, we've had sort of a long show, so I guess now we have to say to buy. <laughs> That's your best one, huh? Woo! <laughs> That's such a stretch, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> there we go. That's all I could do. I'm looking down the linebacker roster and I go, I got nothing for these other people, but I, I can I can pull off the name synonym rhyme of, of that to attend the show. So Grifka so bad it's good. Thank you, sir. <laughs> we, we we've talked about running backs, we talked about all our LBs. I think these are really important. Um, really going to be fun to see how it shakes out and uh, can't wait till we sort of get back to some actual football, which hopefully will come in the next few months and we'll get the season started on time. We'll see what happens, but uh, there's only one other question left to ask on this show, Griffin. It's simply this. Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Um, policy is still the same. You check the report. <laughs> thank you Jim Caldwell thank you uh, Grifka uh, we all know what the report says at the end of every show and it's simply nope um, everybody thank you for listening hit that subscribe button and catch us Friday where we'll be talking Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast take care everybody we're out back to back start the play this game is over it is over what a Drink it in, man.